Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40. If you're searching for inspiring and easy to apply Enneagram and human design content, then you've come to the right place. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two friends and coaches who are passionate about sharing our knowledge and insights on these two powerful self-awareness systems to help you step outside the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're so grateful to have you here. Let's jump into today's episode. We've talked a lot about happiness on our podcast, and today we are approaching the subject from a little bit of a different angle than we have before, and we are going to delve into the ideas around what makes people truly happy, and are we truly happy, and what are different ways that we can try to cultivate more happiness in our daily lives. I think so many of us focus on, are we successful? Are we meeting our daily needs? Are we valued at work? Or do we feel like our work is giving us enough wealth to live on? But we so rarely, because we're not taught to do so, question if we are truly happy, if our work makes us happy, if our daily activities and life makes us happy. So that is the approach we want to take today on the ideas around happiness and if we are truly happy. So Dominique, how about you? How would you rate your happiness lately? And we can be honest because obviously we're not going to be happy um, 24-7, 365 days a year. It's interesting too because like at least for me, when I think of my level of happiness, it changes on the daily. Like right now, I've had COVID for the past week. So my level of happiness is maybe at like a six right now, just because of course, not feeling great, not being able to do certain Mm -hmm. things that I'd like to do. But one thing that I noticed for me is mostly because I've felt cut off from human connection, from connecting with my family, from friends. And because I've had to quarantine, that has stood out so greatly for me this past week that I was like, whoa, I'm feeling lonely. Like it was this sense of feeling lonely, even though I knew I wasn't alone. I mean, my neighbors are right there. I can contact anyone at any time, a friend. I could FaceTime if I wanted to. But just feeling cut off really gave me this tremendous sense of loneliness. It was very, very strange for me to sit with that and recognize that. But I know like one thing that we always talk about is, first of all, what is your definition of happiness? And I definitely invite our listeners right now to think of the word happiness and what comes up for you. Like, does it feel good? Does it feel unattainable? Does it feel like, oh my gosh, what work it takes? And I think that's a really great place to start is just first getting clear on what happiness means to you, what it looks like to you. Happiness to me, one of the the big things that brings me happiness is connection with others. How about yourself? That's a great point about happiness can look very different from person to person to person. For some people, 
happiness is something so simple because maybe they don't have a lot in life and so they can more easily mm. appreciate little things. Whereas the more you obtain in your life and the more you keep wanting for more, it might feel harder and harder to grasp on to this idea of happiness. Yeah, I can relate to that too because I've noticed when I have had a lot of stuff that I thought brought me happiness, it was just more to worry about then. That's an interesting point that you make there. But for you, Carrie, if you had to rate your level of happiness, let's kind of look at like this past week. Where would you rate yourself? Like you said, <laughs> it can be a very fluctuating scale. Uh, I would say I'm probably at like a seven. I was lucky enough to get to spend this past weekend at the beach. And so it was really lovely. I hadn't been to a beach in a really long time. It was really great because I think the beach is very healing for me. And I love the energy of the ocean and just the natural grounding that can take place when you're walking on the sand. And I spent a lot of time in the water. So that really boosted me. But maybe you can hear in my voice. Hopefully not. I am experiencing seasonal allergies right now and I'm feeling we're pretty much a hot pretty fatigued <laughs> so my physical health isn't optimal right now but I know it's temporary so I'm not letting it get me down too much overall I would say if I had to rank my season of life right now I would say my happiness is probably at like a seven I really like the flow and vibe of my life right now but I have a lot of anxiety and worry that I'm trying to learn to release around a scarcity mindset when it comes to money because income isn't steady like it is when you work a traditional job and you just know you're going to get that paycheck every month. So that can impact happiness yeah. for sure. When you don't have those life necessities consistently, I think that can really impact your ability to settle into allowing happiness to be a consistent feeling. Needing to have your basic needs met is the foundation of allowing more happiness into your life, in my opinion. Mm, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. That's a very vulnerable thing to share, that fear around a lack mindset. And I think we can all kind of relate to that some way. I know I can certainly relate to you with that one, Carrie. So appreciate you like being honest about that because yeah like you said when it comes to our basic needs being met there's six core human needs that we all have and certainty is one of those things and the healthy expression would be of course making sure knowing that you can feed yourself that you can keep a roof over your head and pay your bills and so that's something that we absolutely need as human beings and health is a big one for me where if i know my health is in check where i want it to be then that certainly feeds my level of happiness as well as contribution and spiritual connection. And this is like a great thing where if we can just hone in and identify what are the things that we absolutely cannot do without that can help cultivate this level of happiness that we're desiring, whatever that might look like for you listeners out there. And then of course, for Carrie and I, we have our own definition of happiness and what it looks like for us. But one of those big ones that I've also come to realize is 
contribution. And I feel like when we're in a place of gratitude or giving back, it's really difficult to not be happy and to not be in a place of love. It's kind of like you you can't be in a place of fear if you're in a place in love and vice versa. So always my focus trying to be on how can I practice gratitude for what I already have, even if the fear of scarcity or fear of the future is coming up for me, then I found that's really helped to shift where I'm at and where I'm feeling, but not because I'm trying to ignore the fear. I allow it to have its place. And I think that's a really important thing too, is to not try to get rid of the fear or discomfort that might be coming up for you that's leading to some unhappiness because it's telling you something. Mm -hmm. It's trying to communicate something to you. And by listening to it, that's when you can better understand how to shift into cultivating more happiness. That's a great point about not trying to push through or ignore or figure out fear or anxiety or even unhappiness. Every emotion we experience is a message to us, like you said, and can help lead us to better understanding something that maybe we need to take a deeper look at or process through in a different way. And you had mentioned health being a big factor as well in one's ability to be happy and really be in that place of genuine contentment. Because if we have health issues, whether they are minor things like we're experiencing right now, having COVID, having allergies, or major long-term chronic illnesses, health can be a huge factor on our ability to let our mind relax. If you have health concerns or worries, then that's always going to be sitting there in the back of your mind. And it's going to be a lot more difficult to be able to really settle into that feeling of peace and contentment that so many of us are searching for. For sure. That hits home for me big time, not only this past week with COVID, but over the past few months, I've had my share of health stuff going on. And overall, it has really shown me just how important it is for me to care for my physical and emotional well-being. And when I look at everything through the human design lens, and this is where I want to bring this lens to light because burnout, I mean, everywhere we look nowadays, people are burnt the fuck out. Sorry, but it's horrible to see how much people struggle with this. What the human design lens has really brought to light for me is that first off, the energy type that we each carry is a a good indicator of how we might be giving too much or not giving enough or just off track. And for my particular energy type, it's also yours, Carrie, for the projector. Burnout especially can be a real big issue because of how our energy functions in the world. And it's not necessarily this like definitive energy. It is energy that is finite in a way and then needs replenishing. 
So if we're working and working and working, like even a traditional nine to five job that is just constant go mode, we can certainly experience more of the potential of burning out if we're not allowing ourselves rest when we can during the day, whether it's taking your lunch break, eating mindfully, doing some breathing and meditation. But energy type can greatly be linked to one's potential of hitting burnout more quickly in their lifetime. Also the open centers. So open centers are going to be white if you're looking at your chart. And this is where we take in other people's energy and we amplify it. So if someone has a defined sacral and like myself with an undefined sacral, the sacral is life force energy, then I can take their energy and amplify it. But if I don't recognize like, hey, this isn't mine to keep, I could overwork, I could burn myself out very easily because of this amplification that I can hold. And I do see that in me quite a bit when I am working in the clinic because I work with a lot of generators and manifesting generators and they just have this addictive energy that feels so good. But if I don't remind myself, hey, it's fine to feed off of this and go with it, but I need to know when enough is enough because then my nervous system actually starts to kick in to sympathetic mode and I start to become overwhelmed. I know this about myself now because I've taken the time to recognize how my energy functions. I've learned about my energy type, about how my open centers function. And I think when it comes to burnout and the unhappiness that so much of the world experiences due to burnout, that through the lens of human design, that can be a good starting point to just better understand how to better care for your physical and emotional well-being. I love that you brought up burnout because I think probably after health issues within our own society here in the United States, burnout is probably one of the other big factors for people not actually living a happy life. And I think a lot of people probably don't recognize burnout until it's really reached a full-blown state and they don't recognize those early signs. For me, one of the things that can help combat this burnout or recognizing that burnout is approaching in your life is noticing if you actually have any time in your weekly, daily, monthly life for your passions and your interests and your hobbies. And if you're at a season or a place in life where you are saying to yourself, well, I just don't have time for any of those things because my kids need me and my job needs me and I have to go do this for this other person and I'm mm -hmm. obligated to be at this meeting. I think that is a great time to really push pause and figure out a way, even if it's once a month for 20 minutes, how to do something that you just love doing and it's not attached to an outcome. It's not attached to a goal. It's not attached to an obligation that anyone else is involved with. It's only attached to yourself, your own desires, your own fulfillment. 
And making time for that is something that most of us aren't ever taught to do. We aren't taught to prioritize ourselves in that way. In connection to the Enneagram system, there is a type specifically who really excels at doing this. And they, stereotypically speaking, if we're talking about generalized traits within the Enneagram, tend to be known as the quote unquote happiest type, which is type sevens. Their whole core desire is to be happy, to be content, to be fulfilled. And so people who lead with this type tend to naturally be able to do things that bring them joy because they're really searching for that. Now, if you're looking at the unhealthier levels of this type, they're doing this in order to avoid ever feeling any quote unquote negative emotions or feeling any Mm. sadness or badness. So they're trying to escape something. But when a type seven is very balanced and healthy and recognizes this in themselves and allows themselves to process the full spectrum of emotions, they tend to be really good at finding fulfillment in their life just for themselves. Wow. That's fascinating. Do you know of any sevens in your life? I do. One of my closest friends is a seven and I totally see this in her. It's my friend who we moved to Spain with. And the funny thing is a seven and one, so my type is one, her type is seven, have a line connection, which means my growth path is to take on more seven type characteristics, Wow, which is really, really hard for me because I think seven is the type I'm least like. But for her, my type is her stress path. So when sevens are really stressed, they can take on negative qualities of type one. And I have seen that in her. Like she can be very perfectionistic. She can really overly focus on details and that sort of thing. But conversely for me, when I'm around her energetically, I'm trying to feed into this, like this sense of adventure and spontaneity and just trying to let go of the small things and not overlooking at the details like I can tend to do. Wow. That's so fascinating to see how it plays out between a close relationship that you have in your own And life. she's a projector. Wow. Okay. I think we've talked about having her on the yeah. podcast, so that'll be a really fun yeah. we need to. interview. <laughs> we to need to. That's awesome. Let's jump into some tangible tips for people on how they can start to cultivate greater happiness in their own life. If you're at a place right now where you're like, you know what, I just need to make a change. I'm not as happy as I could be. Or you just want to build upon the happiness you're already experiencing. I like what you had said a little bit earlier on, Carrie, about taking a look at your schedule and where are you allowing room for play or for just something light? And maybe you look at it with a masculine and feminine energy within your schedule. We've talked a lot about that in the past too, is allowing for some flow and ease in your day. For me, I know one thing that I've looked at in the past is I will take a look at all of the things that I'm saying yes to and the things that I've said no to. And really just examining, am I saying yes to this out of obligation or out of shoulds and have tos? Or am I saying yes to this because it genuinely lights me up? It gets me excited. It makes me feel good to help someone out in a way that I'm desiring. Also recently, I have looked at what things am I saying yes to 
maybe should say no to. And these things are things that I actually want to do. I'll give an example. I've been doing dance on Mondays, just taking dance lessons, and I have loved it so much. But now I'm in a place where my schedule is getting more crowded and it's starting to feel like another task on my list, even though I love it tremendously. So what do I need to say no to that I actually want to say yes to, which has been a switch for me because for myself, especially again, as a projector, if I'm not allowing myself enough rest, downtime to just be, I know I will quickly burn out and I will feel overwhelmed. Even if I love this thing that I'm saying yes to, it is active for me. It's getting to an appointment and having something timed and scheduled. And so I've recognized that I'm in a season right now that I need to say no to some things that I want to say yes to, but I'm saying no because it's giving me more space and openness in my schedule if that makes any sense. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great point. I think it boils down to just being really aware of your own energy and taking a look at where you're putting your energy. Where does your energy go on a regular basis? And is this where you want to be spending your precious energy? Our energy is one of our most valuable resources. And a lot of times we are giving it in a way that we don't even want to be giving it, but we feel like we have Mm -hmm. to be doing it that way. Taking a look at those activities, like you said, are they energy giving or are they energy draining? Even if you love an activity like dance lessons, it can Mm -hmm. be energy draining if it's just not aligning with your season of life or your schedule at the moment. So I think that's a really, really great tip for people to look at it in that way. Look at Mm -hmm. it as your energy is like a currency that you are giving and that you have to replenish. And we can replenish it through sleep, through rest, through energy giving activities that bring us joy and pleasure. So that's a really important point. I think another thing that a lot of us just don't do because we are not taught to think of life in this way is to just really get in touch with better understanding your own basic desires for your life. Just really sitting with yourself and thinking through maybe journaling if writing is a good way for you to process or typing it out or just mentally doing this exercise and just think about how you want your life to be. How do you want your life to look? And is there one little step, one little change you can make to start moving in that direction? The thing we don't want to do is overwhelm ourselves with looking at the final result of what we want and then thinking of it as impossible because it's maybe so vastly different than what we currently have. But there's a path to take. There are little baby steps we can take and each step gets us closer and closer to cultivating the life that we want to be living. Absolutely. Oh, I really love that one. Because of course, we've talked a lot about identifying your core values. But also, as you just mentioned, what do you desire for your life? What do you envision? What goals do you want to reach for? And also looking at it as like, how do you want to feel? So a lot of the times I'll ask myself, okay, how do I want to feel throughout my life? I want to feel ease. I want to feel freedom. And that may look like more spaciousness 
in my schedule, saying no to more things to allow for that spaciousness. And so, yeah, I think that is such an important part of how we can cultivate greater happiness. Of course, I'm going to throw in there play. We've talked about this so many times, and maybe that's just one activity that you pick each day, and it could take a minute, it could take 15 minutes, whatever it might be, but how can you incorporate some play into your day where it is just unstructured, it is just for the hell of it, it is to get you out of your mind and into your body in some way. One thing that I also like to do, because I was thinking about this the other day, when I have to do a chore or a task that I'm just dreading, where I'm like, oh, oh my God, like I don't want to have to do it, but you know, hashtag adulting, we have to. I try to ask myself, what is something I could do combining it together to make it more enjoyable? And for me, that's like maybe throwing on a Spotify playlist as I'm doing a chore around the house that I absolutely hate because it's just taking my mind off of this chore. But then I'm like rocking out to some of my favorite music. I think an important component of what you just said is to also prioritize those little activities that you're going to build into your day, even if it's for a minute, on your schedule, whether you're using a digital calendar or a paper calendar or whatever thing you use to schedule those non-negotiable activities like medical appointments and meetings and all the important stuff. Those activities should be of equal importance and they should get their own time slot in your day so that you, whether it's subconsciously or consciously, see and understand how important they are. If they're set on your schedule, then we naturally will see them as a priority. I love that. You know what? I'm going to put that into work this week. I absolutely love that tip right there, Carrie. Lastly, for what I have to share as far as a tip goes, I mentioned a little bit is contribution and giving back. And we're a place of gratitude and a place of service. I feel, at least for myself, that you can't not be happy if it's coming from the heart, if it's coming from your truth of wanting to be of service and to give in any way that's coming from a place of love. And again, if you are in this place of love, then you simply can't be in a place of fear or unhappiness. Thank you for listening to this episode. Your support is so appreciated. If you'd like to have a question answered about your human design or Enneagram type in a future episode, you can submit it through the link in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you.